This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, we have no times for beautiful, flowing intros and titles galore. Um, we, we, we just had one of the most impressive prospect debuts and matchups that I can ever remember. Um, so just starting off being hyperbolic, I love it. You were there in the building. First off, how are you? And second, how was that experience? I'm doing great. Um, this last week, you know, I went to Vegas with with Albert, just a real treat. Um, as as everyone that's watching the draft community closely, tra- watching prospects, you could probably imagine how good it was to be at those games. And I'm not trying to be cocky or brag or anything, but I just am so excited to talk about this with you. Um, that I, I joked with Metcalf before this. I said, you're going to have to steer me in the right direction on this episode. My thoughts are just all over the place right now, but I'm doing great. The trip was incredible. Just being in that building was awesome. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm hyped. I'm hyped Metcalf. So how are you doing? How are we just, you know, just take it over. I gotta get, now I gotta <laughs> gather myself. See how excited I am. I, I, I am filled with envy. Because, you know, just I'm I'm sitting in my office watching these games and I'm just like, God, I just damn you work. I have to pay the goddamn bills, unfortunately. I just desperately wanted to be in the gym because I I can't imagine, especially that first game, going any more perfect for either of those guys. Both of them are getting billed up as these, you know, quote unquote, generational prospects and basically can't miss guys. And we, you know. Usually we get we get some voices that get to that point closer to draft time and, you know, people are being hyperbolic and trying to sell the experience and sell these prospects. But these guys have been getting that label for two, three, four years for Victor even. And the fact that they came out of the gate swinging and came out of the gate executing almost every level of their game to sheer perfection it was incredible. I can't remember a prospect matchup direct head to head like that of the top two guys who put on that big of a show. We've gotten matchups before between, you know, the one and two guys just as early as last year with Paulo and Chet. And, you know, there's some that it's kind of usually more of a roller coaster, but these guys just took over the game and dominated in every single facet that they were involved in. It was remarkable the amount of hype going into this game because it was just, you know, Victor Wemanyama has been this prospect over the last couple of years. Like he was the next big thing. Everyone's been hearing about it. Everyone's been talking about it. And in the scouting world, you talk to NBA execs and, and everyone's buzzing. Everyone's hyping about Victor the last couple of years. 
So obviously there's some lofty expectations and then Scoot Henderson last year with his performance in the G league, despite being 17 years old, these are the two guys. These are the two guys of the 23 class. Like do not get it twisted. These are the alphas. If you're a tier guy, they're put, you're putting them in the top tiers. So going into this game and when the NBA announced that they were going to do this, it was like, Oh my gosh. How, like I, I was like, okay, cool. There's my schedule for that week. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to go watch uh, the G league and the metropolitan 92s. And it was amazing that calf, like it, it, it is the first time that I feel like a game lived up to the hype and more when it comes to a prospect showdown. And, and last year, Paul overs chat was a different, because there was so much hype in that building, it felt like it was an awesome atmosphere to be in when me and Albert were there. But um, it was just different. And and I wait, let me correct myself. I was there for UCLA Gonzaga, which was still just a powder keg of emotion. But you could tell that this game was like you're looking around at the execs in the stands, and everyone's just got the biggest smile on their face <laughs> yeah. throughout this whole game. Everyone was like, "This is awesome." And, um, you know, NBA Twitter was just on fire. Um, it, it was just a special night. And I'm really excited to talk about this with you because um, what a matchup and what a showing, especially in that first game from those guys. I know we're going to talk um, more in depth about both of them. Yeah, so I, I feel like we have to kind of start out with Victor, um, who basically just took the basketball world by storm, um, especially for those who haven't or who aren't into the draft. Um, It feels like just even just NBA specific people or fans or writers just couldn't help themselves and got enthralled with his performance and who he is as a player Um, among voices who kind of talk about the draft. I feel like you and I have been kind of two of the more cautious ones and a little more hesitant to buy in on the, holy shit, this is a guy we've never seen before because we had some concerns and some questions and some gripes with his playing style. For me, all of those are out the window now. And it has nothing to do with the numbers. The numbers that he put up were absurd. But I, this whole time, I've, you know, we, we both said we buy the shot long-term. I think that's about as well as he could possibly have shot it. For me, though, it was the different types of shots he was taking, the movement threes, the, you know, multiple dribbles to create a shot, the attacking the rim, initiating contact, not just taking these one dribble post fadeaways. He was setting guys up. He was showing off his handle, his footwork, his fluidity in all three levels. It was it was easily the best that I have ever seen him play. I completely agree. Um, for everyone listening, like, me and Metcalf were cautious about Victor going into the preseason and, and the, the games we'd saw him before this. And I'm not trying to defend myself. I'm trying to, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. If you're evaluating and scouting guys is we watched games early in the year. We saw some areas that we were questioning and warming, you know, wanting to see him work more on like, and I don't regret anything we've said. I, I think that was no. all spot on because that's why I went to Vegas. Like that is why I was like, Hey, I I have questions. I need to see him in person. We've talked about this thousands of times scouting on the couch and scouting courtside is a completely different world going there and seeing not just, you know, and I'm going to go all over the place with my thoughts because I just have they're running through, but 
seeing him prepare for the game, seeing him go through his routine, seeing how serious he took everything. First of all, like funny side story for everyone listening. Um, me and Albert walk in the gym the, the first day, Tuesday. And we're, we saw Chet last year, Holmgren, and, and we, we were laughing last year about how big Chet was. And I think Albert, me and him get it courtside and, and we see Victor warming up and Albert just like looks over his shoulder at me and he was like, good Lord, I mean, <laughs> he is humongous. It, it is just crazy to see a person that I've seen, I've, I've coached with guys that were 7-1, but just seeing Chet with his limbs and length and how fluid he moved, he moved like he was 6-5. Like it, there yeah. was just nothing. It was so smooth. So it was remarkable to see, but um what he showed in those two games, he showed what I hadn't been seeing on film. Like, and I'm not talking about the yeah. shot blocking, the three point shooting. Like I'd seen that, yep. but it was the, the mid range awareness and desire to post up and face up guys and hit the shots and hit these fadeaways. I've seen that stuff, but it was the preparation in the game. Like you could tell there is a desire to be working on it and improve on it. And that's the difference that I've always said when you go scout and you can watch guys get ready for games, you could see what's their mentality. What are they working on? And it was a unbelievable two game experience for Victor. Like every NBA team is like, Holy crap. You know, I, I talked to some executives. They're like, yeah, he, that's the special one. This one isn't normal. Like, you know, so um, I'm not going to be shocked if everyone's trying to fire up those tank engines. All right, so I, I want to dissect basically every level of his game, but something that you've kept bringing up to me on the side when we've been talking to him throughout this week was his pregame rep, his pregame yeah. routine, and how he prepared and how impressed you were about it. So l- walk me through what he was doing and what kind of stood out to you what and what just kind of really impressed you so much. So the first day we get there and, and he was doing more of like teamwork and stuff. So I, I kind of was like, after that day, I, I think I even turned to Albert and I was like, we're coming the moment they open the doors for the second day. And I get there the second day and I'm courtside. And um, first of all, he's stretching. He's, he's, he's going through a, an entire, almost, you want to call it like a yoga routine, just some, a, a strength and conditioning coach is working with him. He's got his shoes off. He's doing, all these crazy stretches. I was like, damn, he's flexible as hell. And also like me as a, you know, mid thirties or early thirties, calm down, Tyler, <laughs> um, early thirties guy. I'm just watching my like, gosh, my knees hurt watching this. <laughs> so, but he's, he's a technician. He's very serious. Um, some guys, you know, are very loose and kind of chatting up with their teammates. He's just locked in. I mean, I barely saw him talk to anyone throughout warmups. So he goes through that. Then he's doing some more stretching. He puts on his shoes. Um, eventually, you know, Albert took a video. He's doing a lot of hand-eye coordination stuff with the tennis balls, like juggling that. Then he gets to work on the court and it, and it's, he's going around warming up from about, you know, two feet doing shooting form drills. Um, just did, he just took them all very serious. And then it was kind of doing some face-up stuff where he's shooting over his shoulders. Like he, he was just very specific skills and areas of his game that you were seeing on the, on the court. Um, a lot of good footwork stuff. I thought where it was just like repetition, you know, right, left shooting, left, right shooting, like on the move. Then he just 
he hammers the free throw line. And I know like that was the part of his game. I thought he was struggling to, to at the line, but he he's, it's just reps and reps and everything was game reps. And then he gets face up and it's face up going both direction. It's face up against the defender going, you know, one-on-one like live reps. And then it's the three point line. He's going all around the perimeter and then it's post-up work where he's going over both shoulders, shooting little hooks. And he's also shooting fadeaways. And he's also battling with the coach to try to get positioning. I was just like, this is a guy who is hungry to get better and improve. And it wasn't, I've watched a lot of guys and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but like when I worked in the NBA part-time, I got to watch a ton of pros before the game and see how they warm up. Some guys go through the motions. Some guys work to get a sweat and take it serious. And that was Victor's mindset. He was just locked in and he was like, I'm doing everything I possibly can to get better. And and it was just laser focus. And if a rebound went wild and he couldn't get a ball, he would be like screaming. He's like, ball, I want the ball. Give it to me. Like, so I was just very, I liked the mentality and, and I was nervous going into this trip to kind of see where his mentality was going to be at. I was going to be like, okay, is this a guy that knows he's talented and knows he has these gifts and knows he's the potential number one pick. And then he had that comment after his second game where everyone was like, did you hear about LeBron talk about you? And he's like, I haven't done anything yet. He's like, it was very nice of LeBron mm-hmm. to say that I haven't done anything yet. I got to work on my game. I got to focus. And I was like, I didn't think that was a BS line. I think that was serious because of what I watched before the game when it came to his preparation and working on his craft. Yeah, and I I feel like that kind of mentality, at least from an interview standpoint, has been pretty consistent with him these past couple of years. It's like, like, I I haven't done anything. Like, I I am who I am. I love basketball, and I kind of ignore the rest, which is exactly what you want to hear from a guy that you view as a franchise cornerstone. So, look. Let's start with some of like the actual on-court stuff. So yeah. do, do you want to start? Where, where, where do you want to start first? Do you want to start, I want to start outside? Wherever, do you want to start post-up? I want to start wherever Tyler Metcalf wants to start. You know, I, I, I'm rambling right now. So you kind of steer the tri- the ship. Just don't, you know, drive us into an iceberg. Shout out no, Titanic. but No promises. Weird, yeah, let's, sh- let's, weird let's, shout out, but okay. Um. Weird shout out. Do I have the right button? Let's see. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So I want to start with the, the the old school part. I want to start with the post-up um, because coming into this week, I thought his post-up game was abhorrent. I thought mm-hmm. it was so bad, and we talked about our concerns with it leading up to this game and what he had shown us over the past year and a half. And it was all one dribble post fadeaways. That's all it was. It's an impossible to defend shot. And when it's falling, it looks incredible. And in the long term, I think it's probably going to fall more often than not. It fell a lot this week too. But that was the only thing he showed up to this point. And now I feel like I've been hustled because this week he was showing patient face-ups where he's not trying to bait these weak rip through fouls he was showing like dream shakes he was finishing through contact he was taking step back jumpers from the elbow it was patient it was thoughtful it was versatile it was impossible to defend and even when there was good defense his release point is like 11 feet in the air it's impossible to block so the fact that he 
chose this week, um, you know, great time to show off everything you've been hiding. And I feel, you know, hustled and bamboozled that he was just going through the, the motions leading up to this week. Um, but all of my concerns about how, how he was rushing his shot, how everything was going away from the basket or side to side, they're, they're gone because he showed multiple times and it wasn't, he, they didn't all go in, but he was still willing to try to initiate contact. He got to the line a ton and just the variety, the physicality, the thoughtfulness of his post game this week was exactly what I wanted to see, you know, before this week. I had questions going into this week when it came to Victor Weminyama. And and after seeing the prep on the court, after seeing what he did in those two games, this guy can be as great as he wants to be. Now he needs to stay healthy. He needs to keep working on his craft, but the post work was the big question me and you both had because it just wasn't existing in some of his film. This And there wasn't a desire to go to mm-hmm. that. You know, and then I saw him warming up the first game, and I was like, "Okay, it, it you're you're definitely working on this. It looks like there's something there that you just maybe the confidence to bring it out hasn't really, you know, risen to the surface." And some of the stuff he did in those games, Metcalf, he was so patient. And, and there was stuff that I was like, okay, big fella, here we go. Like, I was like, all right, if you're finally showing me this, like, I was like, don't tease me. I need, I need the whole, the whole bag. And then he had a couple really nice shakes. Um, there's stuff. And so there's stuff that he's been working on. And I think that is the biggest thing I always hit home when I'm talking to anyone that wants to talk about like scouting and stuff, I'm like, you have to go see them live because you need to watch what they do before the game. Like, what are they working on? And what I was talking about with his prep and stuff, like he's working on it. There is a clear focus on that area. And there was a clear focus on some areas that I was like having questions going into this week. And when I saw him work in the first game pregame on both of those areas, I was like, oh boy, I might be in for a rough week. <laughs> like if he goes nuts this first game, I'm going to be in my feelings. But I liked it, Metcalf. I thought there was some good patience. I thought he showed some physicality a little bit. Um, I think he's going to battle. And, and I think it, he just needs to get keep the motor high. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I think stopping him from really being a dominant force is he's got to keep that motor high. And when he's got, you know, hits a couple shots or has a big dunk, that motor quickly turns on high speed. And it's it's like, okay, buckle up. Victor's got that confidence rolling. Here we go. So um, what did you think? What did you think about the post work? Were you were you just in awe? Or are you are you sold or you think it's going in the right direction? You know what I'm trying to say? Um I, I definitely think it's headed in the dire- right direction. I'm like ninety-eight percent sold on oh, it nice so we um, took a big jump both of us yeah yeah and it's because <laughs> i he just hadn't showed it to us yet and he everything he showed this week was not on film leading up to this week i promise you i'm not just saying this to cover my ass from previous weeks i i freely admit when i was wrong and based on what he showed us this wasn't part of his game And now it is because it wasn't just like one or two possessions either. It was multiple where he was decisive with his moves. He was, you could really clearly see him 
thinking and processing about how am I going to set up this defender and how am I going to score? And more often than not, it worked. The The one that really stands out to me was when he posted up um, F.A. in the first game. And I think he he tried to drive baseline. F.A. cut him off. He spun back towards the middle, didn't fade away, but went through the contact, hung in midair, and then extended out with his right hand and laid it in off the glass. It's like, where has that been? Yes. Like, I, I thank you. That's exactly what I want. You... Because two weeks ago, that same possession, he probably would have taken that dribble baseline and then faded out of bounds. And it would have been a really tough mid-range jumper. And it's like, okay, well, that shot sucked. And he didn't do that. He he showed counter moves. He showed more, you know, ball handling and versatility and fluidity in his offense that he hasn't shown up to this week. I know I sound like a broken record with that, but I think it's really important. And... I was just so encouraged that it's like, okay, no, this isn't just, oh, he's out here trying stuff. It was, oh, this is stuff that he's worked on a lot in practice. And it was stuff that felt rehearsed and the stuff that he was comfortable with, not just like a, hey, I'm on a big stage. I have a lot of eyes on me. Let me try this post move. It was all the footwork was really smooth. It was decisive. He was always on balance. So Everything that he showed was exactly what I've been begging him to show us. It, it I'm right there with you. I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but it did feel like we weren't seeing all of this in the film. And and I this was the big reason why he left Asvel was to get yeah. these reps and to be able to play these heavy minutes and get sort of the freedom to do this because, you know, he was a, a young guy playing in the Euro league and they're not just going to play him because he's hyped as an NBA prospect. So this is why he made that move and you're seeing it pay off because in the beginning of the year, he's got a little bit more freedom to do a lot of stuff. And I think that's what was almost scary going into this week was because that freedom was uncontrolled chaos. And then all of a sudden it got controlled during this week mm-hmm. and, I think, you know, um, that third quarter he had in the first game, we might look back at that and be like, that shifted the whole year for Victor because his conf, he couldn't miss a damn shot. Yeah. And he was just hitting these shots and you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> like everyone in the crowd was like, you know, scouts were even laughing. And, um, and I think at that point you just saw a young player just surging with confidence and yeah. was like, I'm here. Like I can play with anyone right now. And, and this is me. This is, I'm going to be the number one pick in the next draft. And I think you even saw that confidence carry over to game two. And, and he just continues to when, when Victor Wemenyama is rolling, you better buckle up because mm-hmm. he's seven, five and he takes some fadeaways and being there in person, I know how it looks on film, but being there in person, you see it. I was like, who the hell is going to block that? Like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, we're talking about Durant has one of the toughest shots ever. And I'm not putting him and Durant in the same conversation, but I'm saying Durant is so tough to block and he's what? Six, 11, seven foot. Now we're adding a seven, five version of this. And um, it's just, I'm talking about the release point, but because one guy, he had a face-up, and one guy had him guarded well, and I was like, he had no shot of blocking that just because yeah. of the height. Yeah, I, I, so. I think it was the, the, the Eric Mika in the second game where he yes. had him down on the right block, 
faced up and then took like a little jab step into a, a step back to his left and that jumper from the elbow and Mika stayed with him, had a hand in his face, but the ball's fucking three feet above his head. And Mika's like six eleven. He's a big yeah. dude. He's blocking that shot on most guys. Now with that release point. It that was also if everyone wants to go back and listen to it, me and you talked about this. We were like, the dream is to give Victor a face up game. I was like, I don't need him to be Kevin Durant, but if he just had that little footworks jab step where he can hit that elbow jumper, and then he did it that second game, and I was like, you're messing with me, Victor. I know you listened to the No Ceilings pod. You're exactly. messing it's with like me. He, he had like a checklist of all of our gripes. He's like, did that, did that, did that. <laughs> just leans up in the middle of it. He's like, screw you, Rucker. That's, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. But um, no, I mean, it, it It was just incredible to watch. Um, I, I Yeah, you take over. I feel like you need to hammer the questions because I just, everything no, well, was so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, and well, I still have areas I want to see throughout the year. I think that's the biggest part is now he's shown he can do it. And he did it in two games and was unbelievable. But now you need to go take that energy back overseas and keep showing that. If he comes out and puts up a, eight point performance and goes three for 15. It's like, well, okay. Are we just going to be married to the U S performance the whole year? Like, let's see it now. Let's see you go to war. Um, yeah. So, so let, let's talk about his perimeter stuff too, because that was the best he has ever shot a basketball. Oh my gosh. It was insane. He, at one point he just got into fuck it mode. I'm just going to throw, throw shit up and hope that it goes in. And it did. Just everything went in. Uh, the second game when he had that transition one where he was like running to the right corner and fading out of bounds and just nothing but net. Uh, he pulled up from 30 feet at one point. Um, there was one where he attacked a closeout, crossed back to his left, took a step back from the top of the key. And then I think is uh, the very first possession that he had in the first game where he he gives his man two cross crossovers from the top of the key, drives to his left, finishes through contact. And it's like, where has this been? Because everything, everything up to this point has been one to two dribbles and spot up. And he's struggled attacking off the bounce. He's He hasn't focused on creating space or hitting these movement threes. And everything he threw up went in. And I, I don't want people to get overwhelmed with the raw numbers because they're incredible they're i think they're the outlier i I wouldn't expect victor to be a 7 of 11 three-point shooter on a nightly basis um but i do think we've said it this whole time long term i think he's going to be a good shooter i think he's reliable his mechanics especially for his size are insanely consistent he has good touch on the ball he has good lift on his shot so i like i buy the shot i don't buy it at a 65 percent three-point percentage level. Um, But what were your kind of impressions with his perimeter game? Because we've, this entire time, we've said how much we haven't liked how perimeter-oriented he's been. Yeah, I I thought seeing his shot in person, I thought it was beautiful. I was just like, man, that shooting form for that size, I was just like, unbelievable. And and it's consistent. It's, you can tell he's very... um, very focused on his craft when it comes to his footwork and like just being a robot where it's like over and over and over again. And me and you have talked about this. Like I was like, gosh, you're seven, five. Don't, don't just sit out on the perimeter. Know when you can go down and you can take advantage of people. 
And that first game, what, they were down like 18 and a half or something? Yeah, yeah, um, they were getting smoked. They are getting smoked. And and, and I, I turned to Albert, and I, me and Albert were talking, and I was like, this is exactly what we want. I was like, now let's see what Victor's got. Like, I want to see if they come out fired up, pissed off. Um, and and that, what, that didn't surprise me because I thought one team was going to be ready. One team might have bought into the emotion a little early. Um, and then they came out, and, and he shot him back into the game. He just took over and was just unreal. It was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this dude is hitting ridiculous shots. And, and that second game, the transition three, when he ran into the corner, it was like watching Steph Curry, except Steph Curry was a foot taller. And yeah. like it was just absurd. And then he was just hitting some of these step backs and the one from 30 feet. I was just like, my gosh. So I don't think that guy is ever going to shoot that well again. Maybe he does, but it was just one of those moments and performances where everyone there, you were just sitting and you're just like, I, I'm just taking it in now. Like, like I'm just trying to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he had a, Let's come back down to earth now, because now we're getting really, really hyped up. But I thought he had a couple moments still where he had this one one transition opportunity where he got the ball and he looked like he was going to pull it. And I found myself under my breath. I was like, no, attack. And he literally put the ball down and attacked, got fouled. And I was like, yes. I was like, that is what we've been wanting. And he was aggressive. It was beautiful. And then the next one, he came down and had the opportunity again. And he took like yeah, it was a br- brutal. And I was like, that will be a good film session right there. So there's just, there's just some stuff he's got to work on, but you know what is going to help him reps and he's yeah. going to be able to get it this year. And, and everyone's saying, shut him down. Like, no, no don't, don't even think please about don't. that. Like, I understand what everyone's thinking with this. It's like, oh, we'll stay healthy. He's like, no, this guy needs reps. It's so yeah. crucial for his development. If you're stealing a full year of reps, even how good he just looked against the Ignite, he won't be the guy that he would be if he plays this whole season. Um, because, you know, we're talking about a guy that's had some injury stuff. I understand why everyone's thinking that, but he also needs to play he needs repetition he needs live game reps and we're seeing what more reps is doing for him already mm-hmm. so the, my, my only kind of disappointment in his offensive game yeah. was the lack of passing yeah I, I agree there, there he had a couple i think in the first game uh he found a baseline cutter but the pass was like a foot too far in front of him and the guy couldn't really handle it and you know, they missed a layup out of it. Um, he had another one. It may have been in the second game where he was on the left wing and fired a, a pass to uh, the opposite block to a backdoor cutter. That was really nice. So th- th- there were the, you know, handful of flashes, but it kind of felt like when he had the ball, it was the Victor show and it was a hell of a show. So I, I'm not trying to undermine that, but wh- where are you at with the passing? And do you think that he could um, kind of get to this? You know, I, I hate the, term primary initiator because that threshold is so absurd and there are like eight actual guys who are legitimate you know championship level primary initiators but do you think he could get to that level or just be more or or do you think he needs kind of someone else running the show and kind of initiating the offense for him I mean I think he has the tools to I think that's the area of his game that's not getting enough love because some of the passes and decisions and reads he's made with when it comes to anticipation and stuff it's really 
shocked me in a, in a pleasant way. Um, I feel like I talked to Albert about that there. Um, I met up with or saw Wilco. Shout out Wilco. Um, we talked a little bit about it, and you know, we were like both like, oh man, I want to see him pass more. I want to see him get more opportunities to make some plays because he had that one reaction pass where he just threw a bullet right away, and I was like, this guy can do this. Yeah, he has, and I've seen that a couple of times on tape where I'm like, yep. There is something there. He needs to get some more opportunities, but you know, you never know what type of system or plays they're trying to run. And maybe that was the goal was to kind of either get him isolation and some spotlight. Maybe the coaches understood what was going on and you never really know. But what did you, what about you? Yeah. And I, I think it was uh, Hey, we're here for Victor and we're going to let Victor shine. And the way Victor's going to shine is by scoring any fucking way that he wants to. Um, but throughout the season, I hope we kind of get a handful of games where he takes like that Will Chamberlain mentality of you. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm just going to lead the, lead the league in assists right now. And where he just operates from the top of the key or the post or the elbow and is just constantly setting guys up, even if the shots don't necessarily go in, but where he's making those skip passes out of the post or operating from the elbow and, you know, doing different stuff out of like the DHO um, or passing out of the short roll. I, I hope we kind of get some games where he, pivots his mindset from, all right, I'm going to go score 35 to, hey, I'm going to get eight to 10 assists tonight because I do think there's real upside there with him. I just kind of need to and want to selfishly see him try a little more of it. Yeah, I mean, if he if he turned into a guy who's, whoo, even the thought of this, if he, if he turned into a guy where you're feeding him in the post and he could look around and make, great reads and pass and throw dimes like at seven, five, my goodness. But, and maybe that's the next part of the game that they're going to try to work on and develop because I really do think he's got vision. He's got awareness. He's got yeah. anticipation for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, he's like a really smart, smart player. Yes. And, and I think he, he looks like he's a student of the game. He looks obsessed with the game, which is something that I, you can't tell from your couch. And, and you can watch any interviews or read any clips, but you can't tell until you get and see there in person. And that was the biggest takeaway I got there. Like, this isn't a guy who is just putting on a show because yeah. he understood what how important it was. It looked like he gave a shit, and he yeah. was obsessed with trying to. And even in when he's off the court, he was he was trying to get his teammates going, you know. When they were done with warmups and everyone's running in the back, he's trying to pump up everyone. Like it, it looked like he just gave a shit and he loves the game of basketball. Yeah. And that is what you wanted to see from scouting him. And um, there's crazy tools, Metcalf. There is crazy, crazy, legit hype. And I was waiting and just trying to find anyone that wasn't like drooling, like from talking there. And everyone was like, no. This is the one like this yeah. is the special one. And and um, it's just been wild. Let's talk about the defense. Um, mm-hmm. The shot blocking was absurd. Uh, you, he, you could just tell his presence threw off guys and just the rim deterrence, the shot deterrence is everything we've seen up to this point. None of the shot blocking really surprised me. Um, the issues that I've talked about in the past with his hips I thought we saw a lot of that too, but yeah, yeah. overall I thought he did a better job of kind of forcing guys to one side. So he didn't have to change directions like that. Um, but when he did, 
and you know he struggled we saw scoot take advantage of that a couple times in the first game um i thought there were a couple pick and roll issues or positioning yes. that needs to be cleaned up um but none of nothing with his defense really surprised me I, I thought everything was what I expected, and I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all, but I thought I still think he's going to have problems early on in his career when it comes to pick and roll. Like it, it yeah. was funny because I was watching um, the first game, and Scoot just kept picking him apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Scoot was almost like, "Hey, come on out here! Like I, I know what to do with you," and, and it's just because of how lengthy and how lanky he is. It takes a little bit of time to get going when you're seven five. Yes. But Scoot was on fire doing that, and I'm just looking over, and Chris Paul is just, like, staring. And I was like, yeah, if any guy's going to pick this kid apart, it would be Chris Paul. <laughs> that would be a very uh, welcoming initiation to the NBA. But it, it's just one of those things where you weigh that, and then you see what he does when it comes to his shot blocking. And when he wants to get somewhere in a hurry, he can get somewhere. And, and I think the processing is speeding up. I, and I think that's to, yeah. you know, go from reps, but I don't know. I, 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 the pick and roll thing. And, and when he gets switched on to smaller guys, I think that's the only thing that I'm kind of a little bit like, all right, I don't, you know, that's the only thing I'll be uncomfortable with, but then he blocks three shots in a row and you're like, right. Oh, that's pretty sweet. But what about you? I mean, are, are we going to see the switchability get much better this year or do you think that's just something the teams are going to have to kind of I don't know if you want to say deal with it but you're just going to have to like let him grow into his body throughout the years and speed up because I don't know if he's ever going to be like a already switched on to a point guard we feel pretty good about him on an island just because of how big he is he's humongous yeah and I, I think with most things it becomes matchup dependent obviously um but I, I think what's so encouraging is that there are ways that you can coach him to, you know, kind of adjust to that. And it's, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like on the perimeter, he still doesn't really know how to use his length where yes. he's like lunging and jumping at shot fakes on the perimeter. I'm like, dude, what do you, you have an eight foot wingspan, just mm-hmm. put your hand up and you're going to affect it. Like you should never be leaving your feet when contesting shots on the perimeter, just put your hand up. And so I, I think as he kind of continues to figure that out, I think he's going to get better. Um, I think as he kind of continues to figure out how to more aggressively shade guys to one side and accept when they blow past him, because then he can use his length to recover and block the shot or contest the shot or force a kick out or something where right now he's trying to kind of turn his hips immediately and stop the drive. And he, he just can't do that because physically you know, there's so many, there are just limitations that come with being seven, three. He, I don't expect him to move his feet like Davion Mitchell or Scoot Henderson. I, what I would love for him to do is go watch Chet Holmgren film because it, a lot of games, it would look like, Oh, Chet got blown past on the perimeter. It's like, no, he let the guy go past him. Then he turned to chase and used his length to keep him out of the lane and then contest or block the shot. He used his length and positioning to usher the guy wherever he wanted him to go because he knew that he had the length and the timing to block the shot. And that's something Victor hasn't really figured out yet. But once he does, now now, now we're talking about some scary things. So that's where it's like, yeah, there's still a lot for him to learn and kind of develop defensively, but he's still such a impactful player 
defending the rim. That's like, okay, so he's already a positive defender in this area. He's, I'd say, net neutral on the perimeter. But there are a couple tweaks here and there that once he really adjusts and learns how to do, we're, we're talking about some scary stuff. Yeah, I there is a lot on the defensive side of the ball that just needs um, to get developed. And, and it's not – I'm not trying to make it sound like he's – you know, a bad defensive player. Cause we all know that's not true, but there is some fundamentals that need to be cleared up. He got, he gets over anxious on the perimeter a ton mm-hmm. and it, it, all it takes is a little ball fake and Victor's out of the play because he's stuck on the perimeter over committing. And then now all of a sudden the lane's wide open and everyone sees daylight and they're like, all right, here we go. And, you know, comparing him to Chet, it, it, it's funny that you said that because, um, me and Albert are leaving after the second game, catch our flight. And a fan behind us just like blurts out like Victor's way better than Chet Holmgren. Holmgren sucks compared to him. And I've never been in a fight in my life, but I like stopped and turned over and just every part of me was like, Oh, people are the worst. I was just like, is this, and in my head, I was like, not going to fight him. Like, let me get that right. out. But I was just like, is this the Jets too skinny for this year? Are we going to compare those two and say yes. like, he's way better? And I'll go out and say this because somebody else called me out on Twitter and was like, Would, do you think Victor's better than Chet now? And I said, no, because I think Chet is way more advanced defensively than Victor yeah. is right now. Yes. If Victor can have a way higher ceiling than Chet, there it's yes, absolutely. But Chet is a possessed monster on the defensive side of the ball because he understands how to play with, you know, people. He knows how to play the chess game. That's where Victor still has to figure it out. He has incredible tools because he can he can read stuff and be late, but his length allows him like Scoot had a couple pull-ups on him. Mm-hmm. And Victor just swatted the crap out of it. Yeah. And I think Victor almost in a weird way was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like I, I can I can reach there. And then, you know, the viral clip that went around showing, um, you know, Victor was trying to like the, reach the, for the, the ball skit, from yeah. you know, the baseline and <laughs> just touching it. So, I mean, there's, there's stuff like that where he has the tools to be a special two-way dominant force. But defensively, he is not there yet. He, he has yeah. really important... We talk about it all the time. Foundation. He has the very important foundational skills. He's just got to clean up fundamentals. Yes, he can get to be a better player than Chet Holmgren. But right now, if if you needed me to have a defensive big right now, yes, I would be taking Chet. And if anyone wants to go to war with me on that, gladly. I will still sleep like a baby. I had to get that out. Because that fan, yeah. I was like, you are the worst. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, <laughs> I have no, and I love everyone, but that one fan, I was like, I don't know if I could have a beer with you. I would probably <laughs> walk out. No, I, I think that's a really important point because the, the comparisons to Chet and Evan Mobley are going to happen all year. Yes. And defensively, right now, as of today, both of those guys are better defenders than Victor. Yes. Um the and way that's not Evan, a bad thing. It's no, obvious. No, 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 I mean, no. you know, Evan Mobley just played a year in the NBA. was dominant. Yeah, right. he's and, a better and, defender and, than Victor. And and I'm not, you know, saying they're leagues apart, but yes. if I had to order them, 
Victor would be third out of those three. And that's still saying how incredible of a weak side rim protector and shot blocker he is because he is. But once you pull him out, that's where the kind of fundamentals and positioning stuff kind of start to deteriorate. Deteriorate. There's a word. Um, (laughs) But also his flaws, they're not damning. They are things that he can and I'm expecting will improve upon through reps and experience and coaching. So it's just a little bit of rawness to his game still. He's still not a polished prospect, and there are still areas of his game that he's going to improve in, which is absurd given how good he is. Yeah, I mean, he has all the tools, Metcalf, to be a freak of nature. Um, I know I, I went on my little rant earlier about, you know, talking about comparing him to Chet and all that stuff, but when we're talking about Victor... I had all these questions going into this week and seeing him in those two games and what he did and where the areas of concerns I had, he just showed that he has that lockdown and not lockdown, but like has the potential to really make that almost like a strength of his game. I was just like, Oh boy, here we go. Like, I, like this is a, one of those. And this is why we, I would talk to you about it. Like this is a case study. This is a case study because we saw this and now all of a sudden you see these two games and you're like, this looks like a completely new monster. Like it is a French alien. That's what it is. And and we want to see now how he's going to play the rest of the season because if you're putting up 30 in back-to-back games against the G League Ignite, you should be doing that overseas. And, yeah. and now I want to see him go put up some games and that's where I'm at. And um, yeah, and, and, and I'm excited to talk about the other guy because I feel just as good about the other guy. All right. So, so final verdict, people love rankings and numbers um, coming into this week. I had scoot at one and I, I was almost defiant in it. Um, and coming out of game one, I don't feel any worse about scoot, but I feel so much better about Victor and the fact that he basically ran down that checklist of my concerns that I've been voicing and just crossed them all off is like, nope, I can do that. Nope, I can do that. Nope, that one, yeah, I can do that one too. And did it efficiently at a high level. Um, I, I I had to make the switch uh, in a vacuum. I don't think they're that different as basketball players. But, when, you know, they don't play in a vacuum, obviously. And 7-3 versus 6-2, it's, it's a big difference. So I, I, I had to make the move for Victor at one. I'm proud of you. I know that wasn't easy. Um, I will admit to everyone, I had Victor at one um, for a very, very long time. I texted Metcalf after Tuesday night in Vegas, and I said, I might be joining you on the scoot at number one. I will admit it because, as we're going to talk about, I've said this. I was just as impressed with Scoot Henderson as I was with Victor. Um, seeing him in person, like I've watched the games last year, but seeing him in person and we're going to talk a lot about it, but just the type of basketball player he's going to become is, I don't know if there's a loss here. I really don't. I I think this is too, this is, it's like, can I do a big board and make them both one? Like it is just like one, a one B like it's nothing against scoot and, I really do think if if you get a top two pick, you're winning. Like yeah. you're get it, you're going to be doing a backflip if you got a top two pick. You're just going to be like, just give me one of them. We'll figure it out. Just give me one of them. So, 
Um, this class, and, and we've talked about it in a lot of these episodes, this class is shaping up to be a special one because even after these two, there's crazy talent all over the place. But, boy, these two were something special. They delivered on the hype. And I know Scoot only played one game, but um, we'll talk plenty about that. Where do you want to start, Metcalf? Let's let's talk about Scoot. Yeah, where do you want to start? <laughs> he was perfect. Yeah, he was at, in on both both sides of the ball. Um, he he was absolutely perfect. I I don't know. I w- I was in awe of him. So everyone goes back and listens to the episode before. I I had admitted to you. I thought I was going to go to Vegas, watch both of these guys, and I said I think. I won't be shocked if I leave and I'm more of a fan of Scoot than I was a Victor. And this isn't because Scoot didn't play both games. He got, he got a bone bruise in the beginning of first. It was so annoying because he checks out and I look and I was like, Oh no, he's, he's going to the trainer. And I just was like staring at it. And I was like, Oh no, I could see them shutting him down. And then the tweet comes out like five minutes later. And I was like, ugh, annoying, but and I understood why they do that. Shout out to the G League. Thank you for doing that for the Ignite. Like, it's not worth it. Right. Especially um, with their longer season. This yes. Year. Like, I was like, I'm going to be here plenty of times. Just give me another reason to come back to Vegas. Um, but going into that trip, I was like, okay, I really, really like Scoot. He's got this crazy athleticism. Um, the shot has obviously been a work in progress. I was like, what else? I need to see a lot. I need to see a lot like to, to get me buying and drinking the Kool-Aid. And then I got there and the moment I watched him warm up until I left, I was just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and for everyone that just heard my dog, he agreed. Yeah. What's up Murph. (laughs) Um, so it was awesome to watch him and he's going to be special. I really, really like him. And I I feel like I'm pretty strict on like point point cards and like ball handlers Mm -hmm. and watching him. I was just like, this kid has everything I would want in a franchise point card. Yeah. So in in the full game that he did play um, first half, he comes out as this dynamic scorer who, you know, that step back three, he hit over Victor was insane. I was like, holy shit, where did that come from? Then he's attacking the rim. He's showing off his just absurd athleticism with his first step, his balance, his strength, um, his change of pace, his body control. But And then in the second half, he comes out and is this floor general and is setting guys up left and right, realizing who the hot hand is, dissecting the pick and roll, kicking out of drives, you know, just making the easy read, making the hard reads. It was like the game just came so easily to him. He looked like he was this 27 year old vet who was in the prime of his career. And just his understanding of angles was what really just shocked me because he's finishing at angles at the rim that 18 year olds don't typically do. He's making passes out of the pick and roll and out of drives at angles that 18-year-olds don't typically do. Usually it takes a lot of, you know, a couple years when we talk about these point guards to kind of figure that stuff out, to figure out the speed and the angles and the defensive rotations. He's already a master of it. He's It was all so easy for him. He just constantly made the right play. Um, I think he had two turnovers in that first game with eight assists, and just everything felt effortless, and it felt like the right decision. 
Um, earlier you talked about how Victor blocked a couple of his mid-range jumpers. I think one was in the first half and Scoo was like, oh, okay, so that's how much space I need to generate. And then from there he did. And when he would drag Victor out on the perimeter, it'd be like, okay, I can attack your, your high foot and, you know, I'll, I'll finish this way. And when he attacked the rim and Victor was coming from the weak side, he's like, oh, okay, so you're coming here. So I'm going to hang in the air and then finish with the reverse and use the rim to, you know, protect the ball. Um, Obviously, you know, Victor got him in the second half on that one dunk attempt. But for the vast majority of it is like, okay, he knows exactly where everyone on the court is and how he needs to attack to get an easy basket. And it was just wild that an 18 year old is doing that. Everything I would have dreamed that he would have shown, he showed. I, I left that trip was like perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping you would show. And, and he just, you, you did a fantastic job there, Metcalf. I hate complimenting you, but that was <laughs> well done. His angles for the passes, like you're saying, just where to attack and the understanding and the recognition and the feel. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And he had it was the understanding in the first game of playing different roles throughout the game of what your team needed and i thought that was so mature and showed how much of a superstar he has the potential to be because he was he was making great decisions in the first half like you said he got blocked on that shot and then all of a sudden it was like all right process that let me yep. adjust for the rest of the game he brought Victor out a couple times and and just picked him apart. He had a couple drives and Victor was the last line of defense and Victor was all over him. And I was like, oh gosh, here comes a huge block. And like, I was like, how did he get past that? It was just such great footwork and anticipation and reading where to go with the ball. Just beautiful finishes, like going away from Victor with a reverse with his right hand. I was just like, that's mature stuff. And, you know, I, I, I always said watching him last year, his film last year, I feel like he was always like that split second more to get that finish. And I feel like I really saw it now. You're starting to see like he has that feel, that understanding from reps. And um, I thought he has a very good, you know, he can stop on a dime in a hurry. Yeah. And, that, that, um, that one where he slammed on the brakes and Victor oh. and who, his primary defender fly by. And then he just throws up a soft little floater. It's like, Oh my when we were on the playback stream we just started cackling it was like what what is that it was unbelievable it's like uh it was like top gun when he just slams the brakes and everyone flies (laughs) by i was just like in in his athleticism yes it's eye-opening in person but his speed he is a ferrari in the open court but it it doesn't look out of control it just looks like a guy that's faster than everyone and he it looks so smooth and effortless like the game just looks fun to him and um what really really got me was his passing but i don't know if you want to specifically talk about that but um he made some passes that i was like jay billis in the crowd i was just like nice pass like and i wasn't even meaning to say it just came out i was just like this kid has the tools and um the last thing i would say is his frame is um He's he's a brick. He is a ball of muscle that it, like he is going to be a a an asshole to deal with at the next level when that body keeps fr- filling out. I was just like, my goodness. And and then you have to remind yourself how old he is. So he has everything. And, and 
I think every team's going to take Victor first. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if someone took Scoot. It would not really crazy shot. I would probably be like, whoa, like all of us. But I think it's just one of those, like, you're going to love both of them. And and I think also people are just not going to pass up the the seven, three, seven, four, seven, five guy. But I think that's going to be the difference between them. One is a potential seven, five guy. One's a six, two point guard. NBA loves the the, the big guys, but I think Scoot is going to be a heck of a consolation prize if he's the second pick. Yeah, and I I just loved how he elevated the game of all of his teammates. Everyone, and when when you kind of juxtapose what that ignite team looked like with him on the court versus when he was off, it's like oh, this this did. <laughs> This performance has kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, he just made everyone better, and he made the game easier for everyone else on his team. And so few players have that capability, especially 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds rarely have that, and he has that. Um, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it at least, but it was pro- it's probably going to be my favorite prospect clip of the entire year. And it was that... Um, where Tremont Waters, you know, oh tried to steal on the perimeter. He goes, you know, behind his back, between his legs. Tremont Waters is, you know, accusing him of sorcery. And, you know, then he snakes off the, the screen through the lane. And Victor's waiting there like, all right, cool. Let me block this 6-2 dude. And then he finishes with the reverse inside scoop layup with his right hand. It's like, what the fuck was that? And it was just perfection is ball handling is change of pace is strength balance footwork understanding of angles and it was just like it was jaw dropping um sorry go ahead no i i um and that in that game when it was starting and i i getting ready for that game i was like tremont waters was going there and i was like this is a great matchup for mm-hmm. scoot and like just to see if you're scouting too because Jermont Waters is undersized, but he is a pest. He averaged over like two and a half or 2.3 steals at LSU college last year. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's just undersized. And, and I was like, this is a good test for Scoot because on the offensive side of the ball, Waters isn't going to give him daylight. On the defensive side of the ball, he's going to have to stay with him. And I know he's bigger, but he Tremont's quick and he's he's crafty. So watching him offensively, I was just like, he didn't force – he wasn't trying to go up and put 40 up. He probably could have, but he also understood of, like, when to get his shots and then also when the defense collapsed on him, he just threw these gorgeous dimes and decisions. And I just kept being like, this dude has crazy vision. Um, he, he threw a couple skip passes. He threw a couple wraparound passes. He threw some gorgeous bounce passes in traffic. I was like, that was a tiny window, and you're making yeah. it look easy. So I thought, you know – I thought the shot was solid. Um, I, I really do. I think it's on the right way. And the last thing I want to say about him is I hyped up Victor's preparation earlier. I thought Scoots was just as impressive. You, you could tell they're both very serious. Scoot was taking all game shots. And you can tell he's just the, – the shot's been a criticism of his. You could tell he's mm-hmm. taking that serious because it is just reps and reps. It's all – it's a lot of mid-range. Then he goes shoots in the corner, shoots his threes. Then he's shooting floaters in the lane, and he's, he's working on a shot around the basket, and he's shooting off the dribble. Everything he was doing was what he is doing in the game. So that's where I was like, okay, both of these guys get it. They understand the process. And um, Scoot's got that dog in him. He's, he's a vicious guy. 
like I, what it was the quote before the game, the first game, they're like, what, what's your mentality as you're going out there soon to the court? He's just like, kill. She's like, yeah, that's what you want from your point guard. Like I, he doesn't care who's across. It's like, okay, let's go to war. And he he's nasty. But I also saw during the game, he's playing with a big smile. He's trying to get his team pumped up. Like um, it's just two prospects that every team, if you know, if you want to try to make the playoffs or the play-in game this year, I understand it, but everyone's going to be looking the other way. And Adam Silver knows it. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the shot because that, yeah. that was the, the big concern with him coming in. Uh, he shot two for three uh, from three uh, mid range jumper looked good. I thought it looked pretty good last year too. Um, so that didn't really surprise me. The outside shot I thought looked way better than last year. Um, the step back that he hit over Victor was shocking. Um, then in the fourth quarter, I think it was, he had just one in transition, just little trail three that he stepped into confidently, knocked it down. Um, then in the first half, he had a kind of catch and shoot three from the corner where it kind of looked like his footwork got messed up with a shot prep and it was a, it was a really bad miss. Um, but the mid range looked comfortable. Uh, there a lot of variety in it. I think he's proven that you can't really go like way under uh, out of the pick and roll on him. Uh, but then in the second game, I think he only took one shot and is a mid-range pull-up that hit like the top of the square and completely misread. And it's like, oh, what was that? So where where are you at with his shot? He, it, the, in warm-ups in the first game, it was a little funky. And I, and I was expecting it to look funky from just seeing it on tape. Like it was, everything looked smooth, but then there was kind of like a shift, almost not like a, hesitation but almost just like a little hitch where he was like trying to move the ball at the top and i was like that's funky and i think everyone that's you've watched enough of him you understand what i'm saying because you could sometimes see it last year um what is this three-point shot and and then when the game started that like completely went out of the window like it was quick it was rapid i was like oh i didn't see anything so i don't know if it was just him trying to get himself square or something um I thought the mid-range he's obviously very comfortable with, and that, yeah. that should be the thing because he's going to pick people apart with his change of gears and, and speed. And the three-point shot was very encouraging. When he hit that step back against Victor and it got it up quick, I was like, okay, so it's there. It, it can be very smooth. And then it was funny that second game, I know exactly the shot you're talking about because he he took it and it hit only the backboard. And I was like, did that? hit the backboard i was like i was like what but i think he's still getting the footwork down on some of his shots but you could tell he's very in warm-ups he would do like one two shot and then go one two to the right right other side so you can tell it's something with him i think he's trying to get down that rhythm and that footwork with each hesitation drill and then it'd be like one two dribble to the other side pull up jumper it's just a young guy developing. And, and I do think that the mid range game and everything around that is, is really solid. He also took a shot in the first game where I think he drove left. Victor was right on him and he just like awkwardly stopped on a dime and got in the air. And like, mm-hmm. it was like almost like a twisting floater. And I was like, Oh, he almost made it. And I was like, if you get that down, I don't know if anyone <laughs> can stop that. So um, there's, I liked a lot of stuff. His game, I was, thinking I was going to go there and be like, Oh boy, I'm worried about the shot. And then I left and I was like, he, he's going to be fine because he couldn't make a shot warm ups in the first. He just kept clanking everything. And I was like, everything's 
right on and, and it, everything looks good. He's just not getting it dropped. And then the game starts and he was just red hot. And I was like, okay, there we go. That's why you uh, play the games. So um, do you, are you concerned at all? Metcalf? Cause remember, this is a guy that was shooting, I think 9% at one point last year from three. And then he shot what? 19%. The I, yeah, year? I think he got up to like 19 or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, so. it looked a lot better to me that he went two for three in one game. Yeah, um, it, it definitely felt more consistent and like he was more confident in it. And it's something that he's been working on. Um, I, I don't have any long-term concerns over it. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll ever be Dame Lillard or Steph Curry uh, as a shooter. But I also don't think he's going to be Rajon Rondo. So I, I, I think it'll be something where all he has to do is make defenders not go 10 feet under a screen on him. And once they go over, they're cooked because his decision-making and understanding of angles and athleticism, once he gets inside the arc, it's already incredible. So as long as he's not a 9% or 19% three-point shooter, I think he's going to be just fine. If he gets it up to mid-30s, more than good enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think he has to hunt being a uh, three-point no. shooter i think if he just has a couple games where it's just like okay he's three for three for five and then you know he picks you apart i mean he i can't stress this enough like I, i'm gonna do a a video probably like i'm gonna do a lot of scoot content this year but i want to do a video about his passing i might even ask metcalf to to do one with me because i know how excited we get about it but it is remarkable some of the looks he made. Like it, it, I was expecting him to shoot a couple times, and he just threw like a last second like kick out to the corner. And I was like, "What a great pass!" And the guys, <laughs> guys hitting him. He's hitting him right on the money, and got, no one's in ten feet of him. And I was just like, yeah. "It's just the maturity to be like, I can make everyone collapse on me and yeah. still find my guy right on the corner, or right where they're supposed to be." And, it, and it's. That's rare stuff for a guy that, you know, what, he's still 18, right? I, yeah, I believe so. Um, but I obviously the on-ball stuff with him was insane. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like he was just stationary and a non-factor off-ball either. Right. I, I, and he was, like, screening for guys. He was cutting. There was a lot of give and goes. He was running off screens. And so, you know, and he's inevitably going to get the Russell Westbrook comparison. And I, yes. I as an on-ball player – I think there's a lot to that. And obviously whenever you're compared to a hall of famer and an MVP, that's a good thing. I'm not trying to say it isn't, but Russell Westbrook has been notorious for being a horrendous off ball player. I don't think that's going to be an issue with scoot. There was a willingness to move and relocate, to cut, to find open pockets, to set a screen for guys to cut off of, you know, when the ball's on the opposite side of the court. And that was like, Oh, okay, cool. So you understand how you can affect a game the entire time you're on the court and you're not taking a minute off. You're not just standing there being complacent and just being like, "Eh, whatever, I don't have the ball, whatever happens, happens. It's okay. How can I, how can we get a bucket? It's always, how can we get a bucket? Never. How can I get a bucket or how can I do something? How can I make an impact? It's how can, what's the best result for us? And I thought that was really refreshing from a young player because it's not something we see from everyone. And I, I, I just love that about his offensive game too. Yeah. I'm trying to get my, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Um, I found it. I, I left that game and, and um, I thought Scoot's going to be a superstar. 
Because I said he will, he could dominate a game without even scoring. And um, that's what Kenny Smith once said. He said, he, he describes what makes a superstar in the NBA. He said, there's five to six ways to affect a game. Scoring, rebound, assist, defensive, leadership, uh, pace a game. He said, superstars lead it in three to four categories every single night. And I watched that game, and Scoot went from score to brilliant playmaker. He played with great pace and and just understood the flow of the game. And then he turned it on defensively, which we're going to talk about. And, yeah. and then the off the ball, all the in-between stuff, it was just like, this dude is everywhere. Like he's just doing all the stuff you need to be great. And I know how great Victor was those games, but I swear that there was moments where Victor would do something and scoot would go down and do something just as eye opening. And it wasn't always scoot scoring. It was scoot making a beautiful pass or scoot. It just looks so damn easy. And it looked like yeah. he was having so much fun. And the biggest thing I got from it was, he is playing a different speed than everybody else right now. But both physically and mentally. Yes, a hundred percent. He is the game is slow and he his frame is he is ripped. Like he <laughs> is stocky and sturdy. And I would not want to have to deal with him with that athleticism. Like because and it's his lower body impressed me. And, and I'm not trying to sound weird, but like when you're scouting these guys and evaluating, you look for this stuff. You're trying mm-hmm. to see, okay, what does their wingspan look like? How low how low does it go when they're kind of standing around? Does it look like they're going to have a plus wingspan? It looked like me, he's going to have vines. I'll be interested to see like what he actually measures in. But his frame, he's got a lot of muscle, but it looks like it's going to fill out. So he's got a great body for, for adding some good weight. And then his lower body, he's got definition and it, he's got power. Like he, yeah. he's just got... He's got it all. And then he had that transition um, slam in the first game. And it was like, it looked so easy. And I turned to Albert and I was like, he was like a foot inside the free throw line. And like, it was, he was just gliding through the air. So um, it, he just looks like he's having so much damn fun and he's playing at a different speed. And boy, when, when he, when he gets to that next level and everything's clicking, I mean, my goodness, like th- this is, I swear, I know everyone's going to want Victor. I think that second pick, if it's Scoot Henderson, I think it's going to be just as special. I mean, I think there's a chance that we get two franchise Great. superstars from this class, which is really crazy for me to say on October 7th, you right. know, <laughs> like this is nuts, Metcalf, but just seeing those two in person, it was like, this is a this is an out of, you know, what is Kevin Durant's tweet? This is a spiritual experience. Like <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. So, so I, I, I really want to talk about the defense too, I, because I knew you did. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Cause I Metcalf wants to talk about the defense. Fuck. Is he a good defender? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I, I know Tremont waters turned the corner on him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Tremont waters is probably also one of the quickest players he'll ever play against. Yes. Um, his footwork, his balance, his strength. Holy shit, that's gonna be a nightmare for people to to deal with. Um I I, I know the, the pregame quote that went you know that made the circuit was that he's been watching a lot of Davion Mitchell defensive tape, which yep. we we love. And we love. it's it shows because his footwork, he never crosses his feet, he's never off balance. Um 
you know, when, when he did get, when Waters did get the corner on him, it looked like it was during stretches where it was like, oh, Scoot's tired. Like he's been out there for 10 straight minutes. He's getting a little fatigued, not an excuse, whatever. But even off ball, like he was making rotations. He was tagging and recovering. Uh, I think he jumped the passing lane twice. There was one where uh, Victor rolled to the rim out of the pick and roll and Scoot collapsed from the weak side, uh, stuck his hand in, forced a deflection, and forced a turnover. I thought his defense was almost just as impressive as his offense. He, first of all, I agree with you because you're just a great guy and you're smart, and, and I, I agree we're a little smart. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that you. part. Yeah, we'll, we'll clip that. We'll throw <laughs> it on there. Um, he was doing all these brilliant things during the game. And then all of a sudden he had this one possession defensively. And I was like, what the heck is going? I was just like, Oh my gosh. If this is in his game too, it was, it was like parting the red sea. It was just like, Whoa, scoot. If you're going to be a two way monster now, we're having a dangerous conversation and that's what really like the playmaking and the speed and the change of gears. I was like, okay, I'm already in love. And then when I saw, cause I read that quote about Davion Mitchell too. And I was like, that's a great quote. And it was like Davion CP three. And I was like, those are the right guys to study. (laughs) So I was like, all right. And then when I saw that one possession, he, cause it was, that's what I'm talking about with the frame, his lower body and his, his arms. And he was just up and active. And I was like, he ain't, people were like messaging me worried that he's six, two. And I was like, yeah, he might he be six, two, like but he's a wall. He is yeah. a brick. Like it is a, you know, and it was six, two without the athleticism and the length. And he just got the great feet and, and he had a couple possessions. I know exactly what you're talking about where I was like, ah, there's, you got to get rid of those. But the promising ones, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like if this is part of your game too, you're going to be a, just a jerk to play against. Like people are going to have nightmares having to deal with you offensively. And then you're, you're, you're dunking on them in transition. And then you're locking up, you know, defensively, he's got really special tools. And I thought he mixed it up a couple times with some good reads um, where it was collapsing and, and stuff like that. So man, Metcalf, I mean, it's funny because we just went on this rant about Victor and now I'm talking about Scoot and all these thoughts come back. I'm like, oh man, I love both these guys so much. <laughs> like they were so impressive. And um, I've always said I'm going to be that person that checks in throughout the year. I think that's a big part of scouting. But what what a week for both of these guys. They just and what a week for the league. Um, awesome experience. I, I I talked to an exec for the game and I was like, what a great idea. I was like, I know we don't get prospects like victor from overseas all the time but i was like i hope this is something that can continue where we get like to spotlight the international guys and we get to spotlight some g league ignite guys i was like what a what a cool concept to to start out the draft year did you you have anything else you want to talk about with scoot or do you want to talk about the other guys i I don't think so i i I think it's i I think we gotta mention the other guys yeah Um, absolutely I, i thought the guy who was pretty easily the third most impressive at least for me was FAO Abugetti. Um, he was really good in the first game. Second game is just okay. Uh, but loved his energy. Really good athlete. Uh, free throws looked shockingly smooth. 
Uh, he hit an elbow jumper that looked effortless, um, which was really encouraging. He's still really raw with his defensive kind of fundamentals and gets a little over eager uh, in the pick and roll. But as like an energy big, I was like, oh, okay, there's something to like here. And if he kind of, it wouldn't shock me if he he works his way into like the uh, being like a top 35 pick at the end of the season. He was the one guy, I know I talked to you about this because you were mentioning to me over text about FA and, and I was like, yeah, I really, I really liked what I saw in that first game. And he was another guy that I wanted to get there early, the second game to kind of see him warm up. And the shot was very impressive in warm ups. Um, and for everyone that doesn't know, FA, he played two years at Washington State. Yep. Um, he's 20 and his last year at Washington State, he averaged eight five and almost two blocks a game in 20 minutes. The shot looked really good, Metcalf. Um, I, I was a little impressed in warmups. Um, it's very smooth and he's doing a lot of perimeter work, but it's consistent. Um, there's no like hitch. There's no, it's just fluid. It, yeah. You would almost think watching him in warmups that it was like a, a wing shooting. It's just, you could tell he's been putting in the work. The second game, for sure, I felt like I was like, okay, you know, I, I want that first game back. But this yeah. is – they have – a couple of these guys we're going to talk about. They have a very good crop of prospects that I'm thrilled are going to get all these games in the Ignite this year. Because F.A., watching him that first game, I was like, this is an NBA rotational player. Yeah. For, like, off the bench, exactly what you said. And, and I really, really liked what I saw from his game. I think there's something there, but this is also why these guys are going to be in that league. Like, grow develop work on your craft and the, the ignite know what to do with these guys so i'm excited about him who else did you have um so i, I i'm gonna go with mojave king um yeah i he got limited run um but i really liked what he showed i thought as a defender he showed some really promising stuff really good footwork uh not afraid of contact um and just a really promising off-ball scorer. Uh, he hit a couple corner threes that looked smooth, good cutter. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see him get more of a role because these two games, it was you know kind of just so-so in terms of usage. But I think there's a really quality kind of off-ball guard there. What did he finish with in the second game? Did you find it anywhere? Um, I can look Ignite at, being uh, legendary and not having their box scores up again. Shout out. Um, anyways, I really liked him. And for everyone that's not familiar with Mojave, he's been, he was buzzing over the last couple of years, um, playing overseas. And he's just one of those guys. He was kind of inconsistent with his games. Like he'd have a, he'd have a 25 point game and then kind of get quiet for a couple of games and he'd have another one. And it was just the inconsistency. I loved what I saw from him. I think there's something there and, and I don't know if it doesn't need to be a uh, starting off ball guy. I, I think there's just a rotation asset. I thought he, he looked good on defense at times. He showed some flashes there. And then and I thought his smart, the shot looked really good. There's a lot of smoothness with his game. That's another guy that's like, it's perfect for the ignite system because he's yeah. going to get more run. They're going to have guys that need to, you know, sit out a little bit. He might get an opportunity to start and stuff. I, would not surprise me if he's a guy that some teams still invest in because there's there's tools. I thought there was a solid player that could definitely play in a rotation. 
Yeah, so per, per our friends at Instat, um, in the first game, I believe this was the first game, uh, 21 minutes, eight points, two of five from the floor, one of three from three, three of four from the line, one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. So just a, a little bit of everything as as kind of that off-ball role player. Yeah, I, and I, I thought that second game he might have had more, but I uh, yeah, I'm trying to find talking, it while you're talking. Yeah, what what else did you – who else did you like? Yeah, so – I, all right. I, I guess we'll we'll finish up with, with, with a, with a little bit of. I think we're going to finish up with a little bit of a compliment sandwich here. So, Leonard Miller, um, there he has a lot of fans online, um, and unfortunately, I'm not one of them. Um, physically, I thought he looked really impressive, a lot better than he even looked at the combine just a couple months ago. Um, I liked his work rate in the first quarter of the first game. I thought there were a couple promising defensive possessions. Everything else was really rough. Um, yeah. Trying to be polite. Um, I know. By the way, Mojave in his second game had 15 points on six of seven with five rebounds. So there you go. But And, and I just love the way he played the game. So let's talk about Leonard Miller. Um, everyone in the draft community, not everyone, we, we, we see, we know we're always watching angels in the outfield. We're always watching. There was a lot of fans of Leonard Miller. There's a lot of guys that thought he should have gone very early in the last year's draft. There was a lot of them. Um, and Leonard Miller has the, watching him in person warm up, I was like, my goodness, I understand why everyone likes him. I, because he did some things dunking the ball and with the athleticism and how lengthy he is. I was like, I get it. I understand why you're intrigued. The shot is not, It's it's not pretty. Um, it's okay in the mid range. It's okay. It's not, I'm not saying it's good. It's okay. Um, it, it's just, it's just a little robotic. It's like a multiple step process and, and it, it needs to get smoothed out. Hopefully they'll work with him, but out in the, when he shoots a three, I mean, it's broken. I, it's, it's just tough. Hope that's the one part of his game. I think he needs word out, but he's got a lot of the first game. I thought he pressed a little bit. I think yep. he understood the moment which it's hard not to when you're a kid that age. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think he pressed Mm -hmm. a little bit to try to force some stuff to happen. That's fine. I mean, we get it. The Ignite's going to be great for him. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm ripping on him. The Ignite is going to be fantastic. I am the most curious with Leonard Miller of what I just saw. I'm going to go see the Ignite probably four or five times this year. I want to see how he gets. That's my check-in guy. Because I'm not, I never ever rule out a prospect. We, me and Mecca have talked about this. It's not like I'm ruling out a guy on, you know, October 7th. I am just saying, okay, now I know what kind of the Leonard Miller experience is. I want to see what it's like throughout the year. I want to see if it gets better and progresses and develops. And then you, you still have a really young talent with a lot of tools. But, um, the one that was probably the one guy that I left a little bit like, eh but I'm still going to go see him again because you can't just judge everything off of a couple of games. You got to check in throughout the year, see how they're progressing. 
Yeah. So I mean, w- with the shot, I feel like it just kind of has to be like completely reworked at this point. Um, there was one in the first game where it's a great view of him shooting at the top of the key and his release point was straight out in front of his face. Um, not ideal. Uh, he also tends to like rotate his body while in midair. And then he has just like these really erratic leg flails where I think it was the second game. He took a transition three from like the left wing and it looked like he was doing a jumping jack. It was like, what are you doing with this? And I, I, I hate sounding so harsh on him, but it's more, I think it's more just a reaction to some of the expectations that a lot of other people have kind of built up for him, which I don't think is fair. Um, Athletically, he looked great. Um, Work rate, effort wise on both ends of the floor looked great. He's got a long way to go. And this is really the first time he's ever played in an actual structured high level basketball or, yes. you know, environment. He's never been part of this. So it's going to be a really steep learning curve for him and how quickly he gets up that. We'll see. He's my, my biggest takeaway w- with him from th- this week was this is going to be the guy most importantly to watch throughout the start of the season and compare where, what he looks like in his last game to this one and see what that growth is. And hopefully it's exponential rooting for him. If he, you know, figures some of this stuff out, there's a really dynamic and interesting player there. It's just a lot that he's got to figure out. It's the first time he's being told, no, you can't just go do whatever the fuck you want. No, you can't just run the offense. However you see fit. No, you can't just freelance on defense and just roam and jump passing lanes willy nilly. Like you have to be disciplined with your positioning and ball movement. And, you know, it looked like he was trying to. It, it's just a huge change of role for him. Um, and in that first in that first game, he got baited into a lot of really bad shots because they weren't they were completely ignoring him on offense. And you know he took the bait. So I, I I'm not going to kill the kid. I'm not going to write him off or anything like that. But how he progresses throughout the season is going to be fascinating because there there is a really dynamic and interesting player there it's just how quickly is he going to be able to find it he has the tools it's just everything is chaotic right now like it is it is uncontrolled chaos um and he has it it looked like the game was playing fast for him Mm -hmm. it looked like everything was going supersonic speeds and that is why the ignite is going to be perfect for him it's better than him going to college it is perfect for leonard miller because now he's gonna get reps all year and this is this is the the path that a lot of guys take is you you start out a little everything's spinning and now let's see how you progress when everything starts clicking gets slower. I'm sure Leonard Miller is going to all of a sudden find his groove this year. And then we're going to have to be like, yeah, okay, I re- really hope so. No. Yeah. And, and there's a chance it does happen because when things were good there, you could see that like, okay, I understand why people are going to be excited about the tools, but it's just, everything's a little all over the place. And, and the shot, yep. I understand what you're saying. Like the lower body can sometimes get going a little bit. He just, just let the ignite do their thing. Let's let's talk about Leonard Miller throughout the year. Let's have our checkups, and then we can we can go from there. Um, the only other guy I got from you that I absolutely loved was uh, City Sissoko. Yeah, t- talk to me about him. He was 
I liked his frame. Um, he's kind of looks like he's going to be a bit of a brick. Um, thought he had some good athleticism. The first game I thought he looked great in the first half. I was like, yep. Oh boy. Okay. And this is a guy going into that. I feel like the more I've watched, the more I've been intrigued. Second half, he had a little bit of not as good of a half, but um, I still think he just shows some flashes. And when there's some really good stuff, he does. There's also some stuff where it's just got to get cleaned up, but like he's had some transition plays where it's beautiful decisions. He's had some, some great, just, I thought he had a step back in the first game. Yeah. And the ball came out of his hands and it was just beautiful. And it was was nothing but net. And I was like, Whoa. And and he looks big. Um, So I, I think that's, that's another name to really, really pay attention to. I, it's, that's the number one guy besides Scoot I'm probably going to go watch because I think there's a chance that he's going to be a first-round guy that has some serious tools. Yeah, and I, I think my, my big takeaway from him was, okay, there's a really interesting role player somewhere in there. Yes. And um, I I agree the first half of the first game was the highlight of the week for him, and then it kind of felt like it just went downhill after that. Um, the... I think he's going to be able to shoot it. Like I've uh, I, I enjoy the mechanics. I think it looks good coming out of his hand, but it just, it doesn't feel like it goes in enough. Um, so maybe that's just a, Hey, you, you just got got to rep it out and you know, it'll get there. Cause it didn't, there weren't any mechanical things where it's like, Oh, like what the fuck was that? Um, it's just like, Oh God, like why isn't this going in more? Um, yeah. I said the this... same thing when I shoot my cap. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> had to get one more <laughs> had to do it um but then like e- e- even defensively like the, the effort was there but sometimes the fundamentals kind of came and went um but I, I i think there's an interesting role player there it'll be interesting to see how he kind of finds his footing but rucker anything else that we missed any burning thoughts that we didn't get to no, this was this was great i appreciate everyone um we'll, we'll uh we'll be hammering out to next week um we've got some exciting stuff we're working on and and um i'm gonna have a go follow us at no ceilings i'm gonna have a piece on monday about victor and scoop i'm back i'm bringing dustin off the keyboard it's been a minute since i was uh writing i'm about to unload a lot of thoughts in the next probably six months so i appreciate everyone being patient but metcalf as always this is a pleasure can we figure out a trip so we can go scout together and I can finally meet you in person. It's, it's been, it's been too weird. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We will, we will uh, for sure figure something out during this season. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited for that Scoot Victor piece. Um, rumor has it. I will also be planning on writing something in the next, in the coming weeks. Uh, We will be back to two episodes next week. Uh, This week, just with the travel and stuff, just kind of threw off our schedule. So back to normal next week. And I believe we have a pretty big announcement coming next week. I was just going to say for everyone that's still here, you might want to make sure to listen to next week's episodes. We might have a pretty large announcement. Yeah. We, 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 we got some fun stuff in the, in the pipeline uh, coming soon, very soon. Very but soon. 
he is Tyler Rucker. Once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. You can find all of our merchandise at noceilings.bigcartel.com and all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to, to ensure that you never miss anything that is published. You can follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.